This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites. A no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. Hello, this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, and you can't tell, but right now I'm dressed as Deacon and not the Fallen Angel because I'm at Waterworld, and you are listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast because there's degrees. There's a little bit busted open, but this is Busted Wide Open. You're listening to us, so thanks for listening. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling with your hosts... Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. But if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to our patron mailbag series, episode number 10. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and I look forward to this every damn week, Nick, because we are going to answer a whole bunch of questions from our patrons. And if you want to get in on this little party here, all you have to do is be a patron of our show. Go to patreon.com forward slash BWO and sign up for one of our tiers. You can get in on things like this, asking questions for this show or get swag, get listener notes. Uh, You can get a phone call with us once a month. There's all kinds of fun things you can get there for being a patron, plus the knowledge the uh, sleeping well at night, knowing that you are helping to support one of your favorite podcasts and yes. helping us do the things that we do here because it does. We, we are patron funded at this point, Nick, like that's how we do the show. So yeah. the more people we have supporting us, the more we can do here. Yes, indeed. So uh, yes. So thank you to all of our current patrons and thank you to all of those who will end up signing up. Yes, and, uh, of course. And thank you to all you guys who ask questions today because that's, there's a lot of them. <laughs> that's a, there's a lot of them. That's why we do the show is because we love hearing your guys' questions and we love having our brains picked. And it actually, a bunch of times, has made me reflect and think about my own opinions and think about think about the things that uh, that we talk about, Nick. And actually made me come to certain epiphanies. So that's a good. I always point. love doing the show. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, guys, if if you're listening to this, you probably already know about all the other stuff, so come join us on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open over there, like our page, jump into the group with a little join request. We'll get you right in. Jump into our Discord server. You'll see it pinned to the top of the Facebook group. Make sure you vote on the inaugural Busties that we're having uh, this year for the first time. It's going to be an ongoing thing every year throughout the show. Uh, We're going to crowdsource the categories for the Busties every year, so make sure you vote on the ones that you like, and be sure to add ones that you don't see listed that you think would go over well also uh so make sure you're subscribed here on youtube at youtube.com slash busted wide open uh jingle that little notification bell as well so that uh, you get notified anytime we go live or we put up new videos which are going really well we're having a lot of fun with all of the new video snippets that we're putting up our hot takes 
uh, as we've called that playlist, and it's going over really well. So thank you guys for all of your likes and shares on those as well. It's going to help us grow uh, our YouTube presence for sure. So thank you for that. Uh, last and certainly not least, this show would not be possible without our patrons. Thank you guys very much. And as Sir Ian Danger said, if you'd like to get in on some of that, patreon.com slash BWO is where you can do so. Ian, we're going to kick things off with a former former BWO Pickums champion, Mr. Andy Jessup. Ooh, yes, yes, the former champ champ. Former champ. Uh, it's been about a year since the McMahons stood in the ring and promised we would be the authority and that they would make changes. Have <laughs> they delivered on any or all of this? Mm. Um, you know what? Honestly, some. Yeah. Like, we are not seeing automatic rematches as much. So that was one of the things that they said is we're not – no automatic rematches – they have, for the most part, stayed away from that, aside from the occasional times where there's a rematch that happens either by chance or they put some sort of half-hearted explanation towards it. Um, but I think overall, no, of course not. We, and we knew at the time this was lip service and bullshit. We were hoping for a, a major shift, and there really was no major shift whatsoever. Um, so with the exception of a couple of minor cosmetic changes... No, it's pretty much still business as normal. They they took away like one of the things they were doing there was addressing the massive fall off in ratings, and they really pinned it all on Bar- Baron Corbin, pretty much in storyline. And because um, you know Baron Corbin's still top of the card, he's just not the general manager anymore. It's, oh, see, he was the he was Constable Corbin, he was managing the interim manager. He's the problem, so we're going to fire him and see everything's everything's cool again. Uh, to me, this was kayfabe. And I think that their actions in the year since then has, for the most part, proven that to be the case. Um, the authority stepped back, and we haven't seen some of the the rematches. But for the most part, like, yeah, it's things are business is the same. As long as Vince is in the back booking most of the things, it's going to remain that way. I'm going to counter that. I agree with most of what you said. I'm going to counter that with I think the people tend to forget what happened the first half of the year, uh, especially okay. the lead up to WrestleMania. Did you not get all of your face wins? WWE Universe at WrestleMania this year? Did you not get your Seth Rollins conquering the beast? Did you not get your Kofi Mania win? Did you not get your Becky Two belts? Are you not entertained? We got everything yeah. we asked for and we want. You, sort of, you make a good point. So then we got Shane McMahon for like an inevitable amount of... Yeah, and then Brock is back to being Brock again. Yeah, so... Like you got it for a little bit. We're back, but, but I want to remind everybody there was a period of time this year that was very like, oh my God, they, they let us have all that stuff. It was real. And, and it was very quickly squashed a few months later. But, yeah. Then then we got to SummerSlam and all hell broke loose. And then we got to October with Fox uh, debuting SmackDown. Friday night SmackDown. I almost said SmackDown Live again. Uh, debuting Friday night SmackDown and uh, L- Brock. Lowell Brock, Lowell Roman were back yeah. again. So Brock, Brock uh, defeated Kofi. Brock defeated Cain Velasquez. Uh, Brock beats everybody and then walks off. Brock beats Ray, walks off into the sunset. We're back to that again. Yep. Uh, Becky's AWOL on Raw and Charlotte's the main woman on Raw. Uh, yeah, that's great. We had a whole bunch of those nice things at WrestleMania and then we just went right back into the groove. So, yeah. Again, like I said, it was kayfabe. Yep. Yep. Thank you very much, Champ, for the question. I think it's uh, 50-50 to answer your question more directly. <laughs> I don't think it's even that. It's probably I, no. not even that much, but we've gotten a uh, little bit. It's like bit. 80 20 Yeah. 
They gave us a, a few little things, bit like, but that, yeah, yeah, it was it, it was surrounded it, and overshadowed by Charlotte Flair somehow beating Oscar and getting back into the match, and you know that was all just ugly. So anyway, it was, it was Vince Vince flipping a coin at an urchin's feet and going, "There you go, kid. Don't spend it all right, in one place." Right. Next up, Brandon. Uh, I saw Shayna working with Red Dragon in Ring of Honor, and I thought, how cool a super faction with Undisputed Era and the MMA Horsewomen would be. What is your guys' opinion on this, and how would you book their formation? Mm. Ooh, um, I don't know if I would necessarily do uh, MMA Horsewomen and, and Undisputed Era because I think Undisputed Era, just the impression that they give is, um, I don't know, it's a whole, it's a different thing than Red Dragon specifically. And Red Dragon was much more MMA styled, right? Than they really are in Undisputed Era. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of apples and oranges when you compare the two factions then and now. Um, plus, if you've got four women... I've, I can't remember the last time I saw a faction with four women and four men. Or even three women. Let's say three women and four men if, if, if Ronda's still gone. Um, so for me, it's hard to wrap my head around that as a concept. The idea of Shayna being like the token badass chick member of Undisputed Era, I could see more than the horsewomen per se, like Shayna with her two chicks, because they still are kind of the goon squad. They don't really have the same presence as Undisputed Era, where all four guys feel like they're on par. Yeah, uh, You know what I mean? Uh, to some extent, like Adam Cole's still the leader, but they're kind of on par. And I feel like Shayna could step into that dynamic and be on par with the four guys, whereas the other, you know, Marina and Jessamine would be just a, a few steps below, if not several steps below. So I don't know if having those two full factions come together is something that I can really wrap my head around. But Shayna joining Undisputed Era, saying that, you know, like the, the gold connection in NXT, like let's get all the champions together, um, and having all the champions working together to keep everyone else down, yeah. like, hey, let's, let's help each other out, defend our positions, uh, that could be an interesting angle. Um, Andy, you know, Andy wants and, a love angle between Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong to start I dating knew it was the coming. goons. I knew someone was going to say that because I was—I was, actually was about to make the joke that if this was the main roster, there'd be some sort of weird like sex triangle thing where Adam <laughs> Cole and Shayna were dating, and she like was sleeping on him with sleeping around with Bobby Fish or some nonsense like that. And Kyle O'Reilly was like the weird pervy guy who liked to watch them or something like that. They'd have some Roderick Strong had no idea what sex was because he's a little virgin. Like, that would be the main roster version of that. But no, this is NXT, and it'd be something actually, like, believable and cool, like, hey, Shayna's a badass champ, Adam Cole's a badass champ, so is Roderick Strong, so are the, the Kyle O'Reilly and, and Bobby Fish. Yeah. And uh, they all are working together to keep themselves on top. Well, you, you know do I mean? see, so, so it is true, Marina Shafir is married. To Roderick Strong now. They did get married, and you do see them on Total Divas. Even if it's just a quick glance of Roderick, he has, he has made an appearance on there yeah. as you know, as as Dude. prominent as as Ronda is on that show this season. Uh, you're you're inevitably going to see Marina and Jessamine on the show as well. Uh, well, and watch, Roderick watch, was seen a couple times. WWPC has a great couple of videos on Roderick and Marina at home with their kid having to leave him behind, and like it's heartbreaking actually. Yeah. Um. But uh, but yes, that, that's the thing is that but Roderick and Marina's real life relationship has never really been brought up in NXT, and I think yeah. that that's probably smart. Yeah, and I think you'd have to book you'd have to do a little bit of work on the Horsewomen to have them involved in this at all. 
Like having Marina and Roddy be like a power couple and having that be like a sub-faction would be one thing. Um, Not in my you, you, world. I had them going up against the Kabukis, so you know that was that was my. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, that's that's and and that's the same guy who wants uh, Jackson Riker headlining WrestleMania. So, yep. you know, I don't I don't know yet. We'll see. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh huh. <laughs> I didn't haven't I didn't I make some sort of crazy proclamation? I do something insane if he ever made events at WrestleMania. Like I'd eat a shoe, like 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 Werner Herzog style. I'd eat my own shoe. I, I, I don't remember like if uh, listeners, if you guys remember, let us know. I remember yeah. something about a a Jackson Riker, uh, some, you know, cutout, full size cutout. It's got to be more extreme than that. I'm so certain he's never going to headline WrestleMania that like it's got to be something more than just like a cutout behind me, like Nia Jax. So, uh, thank you very much, Brandon, for the question. Next up, Josh. Uh, first off, thank you guys for taking time out of your lives to bring us the best podcast there is, there ever was, thank and you. ever will be. Oh, thank you, Josh. Thank you, brother. What are five things you guys would like to see happen in the wrestling world in 2020? Can we be specific Ooh. to a certain promotion or just overall? Um, I can do this pretty quickly. There's five things I'd like to see. All right. Um, there's Jackson Riker headlining WrestleMania. No, not that specific. Oh, oh, I mean, oh, okay, okay. Right, I would okay, like sorry. to see. Um, I would like to see a more accepting environment uh, in the wrestling fandom. I'd like to oh, see a why? more. Uh, I'd like to see people be more happy that we have as much wrestling as we do than take pot shots or talk down to people that are basically performing for us. If you want to review them and we all just get along. Exactly. Don't be a dick. (laughs) Just stop being dicks on Twitter. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. It is the holiday season for Nick right now. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got a little present for Naya too once we move next week. Ooh. Gonna find some alone time with her in the room while your no, guys are unpacking oh, that is not I, I don't know that i don't know what kind of present you got for naya i don't know what what's your what's going on you in guys your will mind see there. next week after we move the studio probably a week from today you'll see stockholm so. syndrome you're stuck in a room with her all the time every day and she looks start looking <sighs> better and better to you me. she just she's, keeps staring at me all day you know, every day starting yeah. to look good once you're alone in that room for long yeah, enough I'd, I'd like to see wrestling twitter get a little less toxic I'd, I'd like to see a little bit less of the um, armchair journalism that goes on above and beyond like our show, like what happens, but just the people that just yeah. comment on everything on Twitter and, right. and, you know, don't really make any, you know, if you do a podcast about it and you take time to think through it and you're building a show around things, that's one thing. If you're just being a dick on Twitter for the sake of being a dick, that's one thing I'd like to see change. And maybe that's just a universal thing about social that's media. That's universal. Like yeah. Just, just come on, Social man. media in general, right? Social media is, is, is a cesspool. <laughs> yeah. So what would I like to see in the wrestling world? I don't know. I'd like to see a real tag division actually matter in the WWE. Uh, well, that's, to, yeah. To the extent that's... that AEW has made it matter. And you have to credit a lot of that to the Young Bucks being one of the better tag teams in the world. And they're actually running the company. Right. So, of course, they were going to come in and make a badass tag division out of this. The one that's suffering in AEW is the women's division. And that's very apparent. So I'd, I'd love to see a better tag division in WWE and a better women's division formulate in, in AEW. I think there's room for improvement on both on both sides of the fence there. Um, let's see. You know, I, I'd, I'd like to see a little bit less of Roman Reigns, I, I think is one that... <laughs> he, I, I thought we were going down a, a kind of a positive rebuilding path when he came back from his leukemia for a few months where he was eating some pins. He was taking some losses. He was putting other guys over. And, you know, once we got into the Daniel Bryan stuff, we after that we seemed to get back to lull Roman wins. You know, Superman punch, spear, one, two, three, and uh, great. We're back to Super Cena, Super Roman territory. So that's, 
I'd like to see a little bit I'm, more. Are you surprised? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm actually. Shocked. I'm shocked you're surprised. I'm, I told I'm you it's a matter of time. I, I didn't. Oh, no, I'm, I'm so, I was surprised because I wasn't sure how long uh, he would stick with it. Uh, you uh, know, I, I thought maybe he would take the time to put the trend that I was starting to see that he was going to take the time to put other guys over in his stead. But no, we're here. We are on SmackDown on Fox now. Is it right time back to bring to it? Roman. Is it time to bring it back? Bring what back? <clears throat> I'm so bored with Roman Reigns. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But I can see that you're getting there. Yeah, you're getting back to the I'm so bored I, with Roman Reigns. Era. It's not so much that I'm there yet as that I feel it coming. It's a. It's the gut hunch is like, oh god. Well, it's where Roman is going to headline WrestleMania again next year. Probably. Yeah. They'll, they'll figure uh, out how to do that. And hell, even I was saying they'll figure out how to put the Hill could be the one that carried the belt onto SmackDown when they debut. That didn't happen. <laughs> but we, we got the other worst possibility uh, immediately well, afterwards. It, well, you're going to have Roman beat the Fiend at WrestleMania this year. Just, you know, oh, brace yourselves. Brace yourselves. What about um, so those are three for me? What are, uh, what are some for you? Well, uh, let's see. Shit. I had a couple of seconds ago, and now I just lost it because I was too busy singing about Roman Reigns. Um. <sighs> Okay, so this is this is definitely not the most important thing for me, but for me by a long shot, it was the first one that I recovered from my 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 brain there, and that was just for WWE specifically, and then also you know I'm seeing it a little bit in AEW. Um, I have this thing about entrances, and you know that I do, and it's about presentation, and it's about the spectacle of the, the entrances. And I truly believe, and I know that there's a, there is a certain element in WWE as well that knows this. Um, entrances are such a big deal. Yeah. And that goes for any combat sport. Um, any sport like, you know, and if you, it goes, this goes back to the era of the gladiators where your entrance defines so much. It, it can, it can get that crowd, so hyped for you. It can be the difference between some of them being behind you and not being behind you. And especially with something like wrestling where it is just so much of a, of a show, uh, it's a big deal. And I feel like there's a certain element in WWE that are lazy about the entrances where they're doing them so much that at a certain point they just kind of, eh, and they get bored with it and they do it as quickly as possible or they... Uh, they rush it or they cut corners. And I feel like that just hamstrings some of these wrestlers. Um, the, the big one, and people know this who listen to the show, Alistair Black, had, they've absolutely murdered that guy's entrance. One of the coolest entrances in recent memory. And they've murdered it on the main roster. Uh, through laziness. Through just simple, sheer laziness. And it's inexcusable in my book. Um, there's some guys whose entrances I think used to be cool and they're still fine, but they've lost an edge like Ricochet. Yeah. Um, and, you, you know, there's, there's people who I think, someone who I feel like has mastered his entrance and he has enough control over it to make sure that it's always an event when he enters is Triple H. And he can have the entrance where it's just the music and he walks out and have it feel like a big deal. And then it's like just the over-the-top, completely self-indulgent, ridiculous WrestleMania entrances that he pulls off. But he shares that philosophy with NXT. It's something where in NXT, your entrance is special. And you need to make it special. 
and in NXT they believe in having the entrances be a big deal, and they actually will make them big deals even at their takeovers. Um, you know, they'll take entrances that are normally cool and make them insane at takeovers. Remember Shinsuke coming out with the violin player? Like, just simple, but so effective. So that's and that one, entire crowd of twenty thousand people just chant, just humming the the Nakamura entrance. I and couldn't then, and tell then they you went what match that was it up for. with a rap song in Japanese over the top of it. Like you had one of the most interactive entrances in wrestling. Yeah, and you decided to make it a rap song. The lyrics are cool. I get it. I understand what they well, were trying to do, but you really screwed something up there. I don't know what they did with his. Yeah, Bobby Bobby Roode's entrance has gone from being must see to, and his is one I think that was a little bit more easy to make. To, to get burned out on, you yeah. know, because it was kind of it was kind of <laughs> cheesy to begin with, but that was the that was the the point. But at the same time, like yeah, so that's that's a minor thing that just consistently bugs me. And in AEW, I feel like the entrances are just a little bit bland. Um, Sean Spears is a cool one, uh, but it's still it's it's more just because it's 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 subtly cool. It's just badass, and then it's just an entrance. Cody has, I think, the most epic entrance, but he'll give himself an epic entrance for a promo, which I think is a little bit gratuitous and fatuous. You know what I mean? It's a little bit uh, Triple H. A little bit. A little bit much. And it does make him feel like a big deal, but it's getting to be a little bit much, and then you have other guys who come out, and it's just random pyro for the sake of pyro. There's not really like a story being told with the pyro, and that seems like a nitpick. It seems like I'm, I'm really nitpicking there. But think about it. Think about what's a bigger deal. Is Pentagon Jr. coming out and going Sarah Miedo and a bunch of random fireworks going off? Or like, you know, AJ Styles, I'm sorry, AJ Styles, uh, uh, Seth Rollins comes out, says burn it down, and fire comes everywhere. Shane, uh, sorry, Kane, uh, you know, has the big fire show when he comes out. It's specific to his character. Um, Becky Lynch doesn't even have fireworks. She has, you know, the cool gas spray now. Like having something that's really iconic for you or that speaks to your character is a lot more effective than random fireworks just going off when you come out. For me, it's I miss the pops. I miss the glass shatters. I miss the if you smell just and, and interruptions and things like that that will sure. Pop There's a couple of those. There's a couple of those that they have. They seem a little they... long and introductory now until they and building instead of that immediate just punch you in the face interruption. That I mean just. Just going back and watching some of the old stuff like that. It made me do that on our last Patreon episode. I was going back you and know looking what? through Helix Face. I don't think it's I don't think it's that the the it's not there. It's not there in, in some entrances, but there it's there in a lot of entrances. Just people don't pop the way that they used to for some of those things. You know what I mean? Like you've got the Kapwing for Ricochet. You've got the um the Champa even has the No and we'll survive, and then it goes. You do have some like Undisputed Era. Has it? There's a lot of there's a lot of the entrance themes that have that moment where you have a, you get you take the second the split second to go <gasps> they're here, um, but it's just the the crowds don't pop in the same way for it. Yeah, and that's it, that's across the board. Like you don't see Stone Cold pops these days. All right, that's one. Do don't. you have any more? <laughs> what? Uh, any other things that you would like to see in wrestling in 2020 besides entrances? Um, Naito with the belt in New Japan. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> How dare you? Ibushi um, is the chosen more, one. He will carry both belts. Okay. Naito. Naito's taking it. 
and we're both going to get screwed. It's going to be Jay White. Uh, <laughs> no! You know it to be true. I want to see um, WWE has such incredible women's talent. I want to see them do more with it. Um, they've been really good on that. I just want to see them. I, I want to see AEW pick up its women's division and get on the level that WWE's at with its. It has a, it has a ways to go yet. But one of the things that WWE has going for it is that it's got a bunch of incredible workers who all have strong characters. And it's yeah. more so in NXT than the main roster. But even the main roster, with the crappy booking they're giving them, um, I don't think people realize the dark ages that the women in WWE went through as recently as five, six years ago. Yeah. Like, you know, even Mandy Rose out there screaming about, you know, this week about, oh, you'll never look like me and ripping off Alexa Bliss's eyelashes. Everything around that was still so incredibly much better than it was five, ten years ago. It's unbelievable how much better it is. And I'm not going to get on the whole evolution, revolution. You know, I'm not going to get on that. That's, that's WWE made a decision to change the culture of the women's wrestling, and it's done so. Um, still has a long way to go, and that's what I'm saying. is I want to see them continue to improve and get better on it. Um, but... Yeah, I, I'm loving what they've done so far. Keep it up. Yeah. Keep it up. Um, so that's five total, I guess, between the two of us. Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Uh, thank you, Josh, for the question. Uh, Jacob, next up. Should AEW incorporate more things that were on being the elite onto Dynamite? Because some stuff that is important gets barely mentioned, i.e. Hangman Page leaving the elite that they had been building for months on behind being right. the elite but was only mentioned once or twice on commentary. Hundred percent. Yes. Hundred percent. I think think we said that on the regular show that they need to do this. Well, I think that was one of the things that helped AEW get the launch pad that it had was all of the work that those guys have been doing on YouTube across the various shows. Cody's American Nightmare Channel, and you know, with Brandy's doing stuff as well on her side, and then being the elite and all of the stuff that they did coming out of Japan or while they were there as well. So, yeah, absolutely, they should incorporate more of that stuff. Simple or just solution. Not, or not do it on YouTube. Do it Simple on AEW Dark. Cross promote. Have it mentioned. This happened on Being the Elite this week. If you didn't watch it, uh, this happened. And that's why this is happening on the main show right now. Yeah. So explain what happened where. And then you'll have people, what Being the Elite? I should go watch that to see what really happened. Right? Or show a little clip of it. Whatever it is. Cross promote that, hey, this happened over here. This happened over here. This is what happened. You've got to tell us what happened in case we didn't watch it. Um, or in case we don't know, but then make sure that people know where to go see the stuff as well, as opposed to just being like, as, as Jacob says, just have kind of like half-heartedly throwing it out there. Or on YouTube, on the AEW YouTube channel, you have the ability to put playlists from other channels on your channel. So put a Being the Elite playlist on the AEW YouTube channel, cross them over, or I don't know, fire up a, an online network for 10 bucks a month and start putting the videos on there instead. Yeah. Or, <laughs> but uh, the bottom line is that, yes, I agreed, Jacob. They absolutely have to. Yeah. They have. They have to tell us the storylines a little bit more and not assume everyone's watching everything because they're not, and they're going to drive people away if they're assuming that people are watching everything and people start getting confused with the storylines, or they have debuts like Butcher and Blade that people just pff, crap on. Don't yeah. don't do anything for worse than crap on. Not react to. The thing that saved the Butcher and Blade for me was Allie showing up in the bunny costume and being the valet for the well, group. Well, you know? that's a whole different reason. No, I'm, I'm talking about she's the one doing the promos. That's not for a whole different reason. Get out of, <laughs> just, no. I'm talking about the fact that she came out and cut the promo, and she's a recognized figure in sure. AEW, in women's wrestling. 
So if she's going to come out and be the you know puppeteer, puppet master of these these two monster heels, whatever they okay. end up being, right? Well, but look at Wardlow, right? We knew that they, like when he came out, enough people knew who he was because they had the Wardlow is coming videos. You know what I mean? And those were shown on on AEW on Dynamite. Mm, so okay. fair enough. Yeah, I, I think I think there's a lot they could do here. Yeah, totally. Uh, thank you, Jacob. Next up, Sean. Two months into AEW TV, what are your highs and lows for them thus far, and maybe a couple of storylines you'd like to see from them? Uh, thanks for being awesome, guys. Thanks for a great show week in, week out. Don't forget that positive segment and keep on going on. If you missed it, Sean, we did it for you thank on the main you, show. Definitely thank making that a recurring segment. Thank you yeah, for that suggestion. Definitely implementing that. Um, so, yeah, Ian, we're, we're two months in on, on AEW Dynamite and Dark, I guess you could say. Uh, what are the highs and lows for them thus far? I feel like we've gone over these uh, several times. Um, mine is definitely what they're doing with Jericho in the inner circle. Uh, easily the best thing going right now in AEW. Uh, the lows yeah. for me would be the women's division. Um, it doesn't feel like it's hit its stride yet, and I want to give them a little. I want to give them a year to work that out. Like, let's have this conversation a year from now. To I don't know if out. they have a year. I, think I understand, but the, that's the impatient I mean? nature of the fandom. Let, let's let's give the company a year to sort its shit out. But that's I I agree with you. You know, proselytizing the idea of like wait and see. But it's not just fandom. That's just culture right now. It moves too quickly for you to just sit and figure your shit out. Like you've got to get this handled now. You do not have time, especially if you're going head to head with NXT in the way that the the networks perceive that as well. The networks perceive it that way too. You don't have a, networks aren't going to sit there for a year. Be like, oh, you got a year to work out your women's division. No, the networks want results now. Now, do it now. Um, yeah, I think there's still some kinks in AEW. I can't say that there's like like any low low like low lows yet. I'm not. There's nothing that's been on there that I've just been like, this is awful. Uh, there's been a couple things where I've I've questioned decision making and I've I've thought, okay, well we have to fix that. But there's nothing that I've straight up been like, you know, this is this is this is Rusev and Lana storyline levels. Yeah, you know, um, highlights. There has been a lot of highlights though. Uh, the MJF turn and the Cody Dustin match, and as you said, Jericho overall, uh, the rise of Darby Allen and what a cool character he's been. Um, I frankly think Moxley was cooler in Japan, but I love what they've been doing with him as well. Yeah. Uh, Pack and Hangman's little feud has been a lot of fun. So yeah, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of highlights. I think so. Well, awesome. Thank you, Sean, and thank you again for the uh, the positivity segment. We're definitely doing that one. Yes, sir. Uh, next up, Abraham, uh, who will be getting his booby prize very soon. Yes. First off, thank you for the great show. I don't have any metrics to show off on social media, but <laughs> you're number one podcast in my book. I want to take a second to thank say you, thank you guys for Spotify dude. does the annual like what you listen to, and, and they did a special one this year where they, they did the whole decade retrospective. And it was really interesting. I didn't really start. I was a big. I did. I curated my own library, so I really just used iTunes for everything until right. about 2018, uh, yeah. two two-ish years ago. And then I was in like the 20,000 plus minutes or hours listened or something like that. But yeah, all you guys sharing that we're your, your number one thing on Spotify. That was oh, right in the fields. Oh, I'm so, oh. Beautiful. Thank you guys for sharing thing. all that stuff. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. 
So on to his question. Uh, I've been re-watching a lot of mafia movies lately as an after effect of watching The Irishman on Netflix. I still haven't gotten all the way through the 27 hours of uh, it. But I, uh, oh, about- The Irishman? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was going to watch The Irishman, and then I just went and watched Endgame again because, uh, uh, you know, it's not cinema, but... Damn it, it's fun. I can't Scorsese. stop watching Endgame. Sheriff McDonald and I talk about it. it. God damn it, we're watching Endgame again. Why are we watching this again? Oh, it's despicable, Nick. It's not even cinema, don't you know? Oh, but but yeah, the Irishman course. is very much cinema. Oh, for Christ's sake. Yeah. All right. uh, let's, it is a four-hour epic if you decide to sit down and, and go through it at some point. Um, it is Scorsese's <laughs> magnum opus, uh, for that matter, in my opinion. Let's see. I've been So the Mafia movies, blah, blah, blah. Who are the five families of wrestling? And who would be the Michael Corleone promotion that puts a hit on all the other heads of the families to put them out of commission? What gain would that promotion obtain? Also, I miss Saxon. Me too, buddy. Miss Saxon a little bit, yeah. Who would be the Michael Corleone promotion? I mean, if we're really trying to tie this to Godfather here, then, I mean, there's not you, you can't really do one-to-one. Um... Wow. But obviously, obviously, you know, let's see. Obviously, you'd have to say WWE is the Corleone's because it started by the father, taken over by the son. The only difference is that the son doesn't really, like, kill the father, per se. The father manipulates the son into taking over the business, and he's the one son he didn't want to take over the business. Um, But, you know, McMahon Sr. didn't have three sons, uh, a hothead, a weakling, and a genius who... It was innocent until the family corrupted him. He does have a hot head and someone that you could consider. Is she a genius in her own right? Even though she comes across absent-minded sometimes. Oh, you take you talk. Well, now you're talking about now you're talking about uh, Kennedy McMahon, Vince, like Vince Jr. Well, I'm talking about Stephanie. You well, you, that's what I'm saying. We're talking about that. yeah. that's, the, that's the next generation. Oh, you're talking but about Stephanie. Mr. Stephanie would be McMahon. like Stephanie would be like the Sofia Coppola in your version <laughs> here. Is what you're saying, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. just mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which makes Andy Garcia the Triple H, which is kind of cool. I'm not. I'm not mad at that. We're really gonna break down the Godfather here. We're really gonna break down the Godfather. Yeah. Well, don't don't want to take me down this path. Oh man. Um. Man, five families of wrestling. Well, I mean, right now I've got to say that. Uh, Ring of Honor is kind of like the Sopranos, where like once they were kind of a respectable family, but they've gotten kind of trash lately, and they're going to end up just going, just fading to black out of nowhere, like when we least expect it. Um, <laughs> I was about to say something like New Japan is the Yakuza, I guess. Jeez, <laughs> uh, uh, what else? What else we got here? I don't even know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of more fun, like mafia movie. Uh, correlations like i'm all of a sudden thinking of like michael douglas and black rain as kenny omega in new japan um oh against the yakuza <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's good uh, that's right i didn't put ones. that together that's good i'm trying to think of other fun ones um i'm going back to donnie brosco with al pacino and you know he the five families and they met and all that stuff it was even beyond the godfather it was like who's the donnie brosco who's the who's oh. the insider who's the the agent right. that's going to come in and screw everything up <laughs> right like yeah who's who's uh who's al pacino gonna have to shoot in the diner in the head in front of the in front of the chief of police right right and get ex- exiled to uh, sicily <laughs> oh, God. uh well, we could sit here for an hour on this my, one my son is to hang himself in his jail cell or if he, he's, he's struck by a bolt of lightning and i will blame some of the men in this room today 
And that I do not forgive. Billy that Corgan is said, a dude from Casino, says Josh. Ooh, Are you talking about Joe Pesci? Pesci? He's Pesci from Casino? Yeah. <laughs> you only exist oh, out here because of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then who's Pesci in Goodfellas? Who's Pesci? Uh, think I'm funny? So what am I, some sort of clown to you? I'm a, huh? I'm a funny guy? Some sort of funny guy, huh? Is that what I am? Would be Dixie Carter? I don't know. Uh, who would? Uh, she's not psycho. She's a sweetheart. Yeah. She'd be like. She'd be like. Uh, like she'd be like Ray Liotta and God and Goodfellas. So and let's we all, look at. We all so, like, I'm so sorry. Got, I'm sorry, Tommy. I got to turn my back on you now. Got to turn my back on you, Tommy. <laughs> so if we if we list these out, we've got we can include um, NWA, Impact, oh. Ring of Honor, WWE, and AEW. The big ones. Okay. So which so which of those? That's those that's are the, really that's what the I'm, five families of wrestling right there. Yeah, I don't know who's who in relation to like mafia movies. If we're gonna, go I was gonna go back and do um, WCW, but I'm gonna include them under the WWE umbrella right now for the sake of the modern era. Um, yeah, I think that's the current five families that are going on. Uh, and who would be the Michael Corleone? I, I think I think AEW has a chance to pull this off. They're not anywhere close. I mean, yet. Tony Khan does have a powerful father. He does. You know, Tony Khan could be the Michael Corleone, Al Pacino. Yeah, he's got a lot of work, man. He's got to go. His son has to get baptized. He's got to kill all the other five families. He's got to have. He's got like to kill that. Freddy. It, there's yeah. a lot to do. <laughs> he's got to sacrifice a brother. Oh, he's got a, a bunch of heinous shit left to do. But <laughs> <laughs> you broke my heart, Cody. Yeah, you broke exactly. my heart. <laughs> Oh man, this could that could get really fun. Oh, thank you, that Abraham. Mean, That's does that yeah. mean Brandy's got to get an abortion? He's going to slap the crap out of her. Oh man. Oh, sorry. We're getting See? dark. We're getting dark here. We're getting dark. Oh, I got to. All right. Damn it's it, the Casino. holidays. Gotta, it's not Halloween anymore. I got to go watch anymore. the Godfather's again. <laughs> oh, just skip the third one. You're all right without that one. Such good movies. It was just on TV the other day. I got my fix from that. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Abraham, for the question. That's a fun one. Uh, uh, next up, Patrick. Uh, I've been going through the old shows on the network and was watching the countdown episode about Thunderous Returns. Uh. Which wrestler return did you mark out for the most? Mine would either be Edge returning at the Rumble or the Hardys a couple WrestleManias ago. Um, I popped pretty damn hard for Sting. I'll be honest. Ooh, I, when Sting yeah. came back um, and nobody knew, they kept it really under wraps. And if you yeah. remember, it was going, it was Survivor Series. Uh, the only people that, and this, this is on an episode of Untold. On the network as well. You, they go over the. Uh, it just came out at the end of November. Uh, they had one on there already for Sting's return, but they had one for Sting's getting injured with Seth Rollins and that whole debacle. So they went over right, it right. and just they, they went over. It. Nobody knew. It was only the people like Triple H and Seth and people in that Survivor Series match knew. But yeah, Sting for me was, and I have to give an honorable mention to the Hardys. I popped. That was the year we had New Day as the MCs yeah. of uh, of WrestleMania, and just we watched that WrestleMania together, didn't we? We did, we did. That was the one. I think I came over to your house for that one. Yeah, too. we lost our minds. We were like throwing oh stuff. God. There was like there was like Boston Terriers flying through the air. Like it was madness. <laughs> um, but that crowd lost their mind. That was oh, the, that was one of the biggest, loudest, huge scary, huge pops uh, at a WrestleMania I've heard in a long time. Yeah, I I. So I may have, if I look back over all the major pops in history, I may think of another one besides this. But the first one that pops to my head, and, and this is because we talked about it last week, but I, but I had forgotten like how hard I popped for this, 
was Triple H coming back in 02 after he tore his quads when mm. he came back and he was just ginormous. He was just huge at Madison Square Garden. And that the, was one of the ones I believe they mentioned on this network uh, countdown episode that he was talking about, that, of just being a huge, huge pop. Um, I, I lost my mind for that one. I was a huge mm. Triple H mark at the time and, and was waiting for him to come back, waiting for him to come back. And like we kind of thought he was going to come back. And then he did. And it was just immense. And he was immense. And it was just cool as hell. So. We talked about that on our recent top five heel and face turns. That year, yes. 2002, was a very big part of that yeah, episode. True. So, patrons, mm. hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't hear it, go sign up for patreon.com slash BWO. Thank hey, you very much. There. Thanks, Patrick. Great question. That's a good yeah. one. Uh, yep. Martin is up next. I know that the whole general manager gimmick is boring and played out, but I feel like not having someone in charge of Raw and SmackDown takes away from the storylines. Who is approving the off-the-cuff matches uh, so who would you have in charge? Hashtag oh, so, WWE logic. They're just happening. Right. So who would you put uh, today? Who would you have as general manager for Raw and SmackDown? Teddy Long. No, I'm just kidding. You get a match with the Undertaker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> five on five match. Uh, I always loved Mick Foley as a GM, but he was just was a terrible one the last time he was GM. But like, you yeah. know, back in the day, him and Edge and Christian, the, the skits that they would get up to when he was like that GM, that was still one of my favorite GMs of all time. But as far as today, I liked Paige booking it for a while. I don't know why they took her away from that role. I know it was because, they, well, Baron Corbin's going away, so we got to have Paige go away too. Okay. You don't, but fine. Um, but who else would be a good GM in storyline right now? Samoa Joe, if he's not going to wrestle. That's what I was going to say. Um, that'd be fun. But he's, you know, I like him on commentary too. Uh, I, I, I absolutely love, I think we both loved the Constable Corbin. And, uh, what is it? Uh, general, nah, come on. What did they call interim, it? Interim general Interim man. GM or, per, I, didn't, I can't remember what we, it was. We actually started to fall off the Constable Corbin character around the time when they were just making it every week and it was obnoxious like we understood yeah. why they did what they did but having that kind of smarmy heel dick gm was a fun idea i don't always but at the same time my favorite modern gm is william regal yeah like he to, to me he's the prototype only comes out when necessary you feel like everyone in the back like he's there enough you feel like everyone backstage is going to him. He's a strong enough character personally that you believe he can stand up to these big personalities. Um, and when he does get flustered, it's fun as hell. I love that he's got his own crow's nest too at the back of Full Sail now. He it's, comes out and goes, hey, <laughs> knock it off. <laughs> I was like, oh God, dad's mad right. at us again. <laughs> you know what this means? You know what this means? If you can't be controlled, war games. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's I I love the dynamic between him. Remember him and Joe? Oh yeah. Regal. Oh, yeah. oh it's yeah. great. Uh but who no, who do we have? Like so who else? I, I think I, I, I'm okay without GMs right now. I hear what you're saying. I yeah. hear that it makes it interesting, but there's just too much going on on both shows right now to ha to include. I always thought GM promos and segments 
telling us what the cards were and special matches they were going to make and backstage segments just watered things down it, and muddy and it took time away from stuff. I think it's been done well in the past, but I think right it's now also it's also been done horribly. And I think one of the things that waters it one of the things that waters it down is when they don't write it well consistently. There's way there's things you can do with that that could be a lot of fun. One thing that I actually kind of miss is having you have a commissioner and you have a GM. You have two people working at the same time, or you have an owner, right? And one of them is strong, working heel. One of them is nominally face, but is weak. Like Jack Tunney was weak, right? Yeah. He was. He Lauren was, like, he would, was weak. He would make a weak decision, and the, all the wrestlers would question it. And you had someone else kill. Like that kind of dynamic, where you've got a couple of different dynamics in the, the sort of backstage booking department or whatever to tell some of those storylines about how the matches get made. And that does bring a little bit more of believability to the different strata of the WWE. Why are we having matches now? Who's doing this? It creates stakes and matches where right now you can have random matches and we have no reason to give a crap about it. If we get a five-minute backstage segment where all of a sudden we have a reason for the match, it actually does help a lot. But yeah. that, but again, it's consistency with the writing, and that has been very inconsistent over the years. I'm I mostly enjoyed. I'll throw it back to Kurt. Uh, to, to, I gave it away there. I'll throw it back to Patrick's question previously. I also popped really hard for Kurt Angle's return, even though we knew it was coming. Uh, but I mostly enjoyed him as GM. He basically was the same kind that could stand up to it. It was just he fumbled his words. It didn't feel like he knew what he was saying a lot of the times. But he made some interesting matches. He participated in stuff. He was. He was kind of the one that put Ronda out there. I kind of feel like, that. yeah, and I kind of feel like what they were doing these days with the GMs is they're getting these guys that aren't performers regularly anymore, and they're giving them their scripts five minutes before they go out, and so of course they're stumbling. Yeah, I think they're under undermining their own performers because you saw Kurt like when he knew what he was saying, he was still completely capable of cutting a promo. Mick too. Yeah, but for some reason they were going out there and just not having the time to get these things set. Anyway. Digress. Thank you very much, Martin, for the question. Next up, uh, Esme Standing Oh, wait, hold Bear. on. Time, time out, time out, time out, time out. Josh, Josh just said in the chat, CM Punk as a GM. Or, or Sting. Never or, happened. Sting or CM Punk. Never happened while Vince McMahon's alive. You don't Never think? Happened. Nope. I think I see that as a possibility. Never happened. As a G, in a GM role, I see it. I totally see it. I think that'd be a great role for him, frankly. It, it, it would be a great role, but I don't think it'll ever happen. I can uh, see it. I can see it I, happening. I, Mr. I can Mr. see it. I can fantasy book it in my head of him arguing with Vince over a certain storyline and all. I could, they could totally play that up. Anyway, next up, Esme Standing Bear, the Batman and the Batman, the Barman Batman. and the Beard, the Barman and the Beard. If you guys follow Brian Cage on Instagram, a picture someone made of a Kenny Omega and Brian Cage stare down was doing the rounds. Mm. Kenny reposted it and asked, "Do you guys want to see this?" Sure. How uh, hell yes. <laughs> How would you guys book the match? Last man standing cage match TLC. Who should emerge the victor of the Terminator versus Terminator match? Hashtag BWO booking. Oh Jesus. Um I, I think I'm I'm really high on Brian Cage. For as big as he is, he's a little short, but he's massive. He is just jacked yeah. in every jack possible way. Um he would be awesome to have as a monster on AEW. I, I don't know if that's been talked about. I don't know if that's been around. The fact that Kenny's talking about it gives me hope. Well, but we we've been fans of Brian's for SoCal, for you know, time, for a long, long time. time. But he he um he just dropped the belt in Impact. I don't know when his I don't know when his 
contract is up off the top of my head for Impact. I could definitely see him ending up in AEW. He knows a lot of those guys. Um, I am trying to think if Kenny and he have ever had a match. I'm, I know they were in PWG at the same time together. I was actually at a show where they were both at the show together. I don't, they didn't have a match that night. Um, but I don't know if they have. As far as booking the match, like if you wanted to build it and build it into being a, a, a big marquee match, it would basically be can Kenny Omega beat this you know big muscular wall of a dude, build Brian Cage as the more of the beast and Kenny is more of the technician and have it be technique versus power and have the match be about that as well where Kenny tries to overpower Brian Cage and Brian Cage overpowers Kenny and Kenny has to use his technical te- uh, technique to, to start beating Cage, but then Cage shows off that he can actually work that way too. Uh, and have it be just a fun match about you know which one of them's going to get the upper hand, seeing as they're fairly evenly matched. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, I don't think you need stipulations. I think that th- you know you could have stipulations down the road, but I don't think you need them. I think that both these guys have the talent, the look, the ability, and again, the Terminator versus Terminator gimmick. You know, one's the cleaner. Right, he does. Kenny Omega does a lot of the Terminator moves, and Brian Cage does a lot of the Terminator moves. He came out with the mask and the sawed-off shotgun in New Japan. So yeah, he's. It's, but it's totally Brian the Cage has always has gone less for that. Like, you know, everyone would do the Terminator stamp for for Brian Cage because one of his catchphrases was, "He's not a man; he's a machine." Um, but more often than not, he gets the Wolverine thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's come out in the full Weapon X getup, and he's. Uh, he used to, I think, go by Weapon X. His finisher is still called Weapon X. He's got Drill his Claw. His finisher is the Weapon X. Drill yeah. Claw is one of his signature moves. You know, like he, he does a lot more Wolverine stuff than he does Terminator stuff. I could see Brian Cage coming in and being a Brock Lesnar-esque sort of figure in AEW and being that giant dragon to slay. Mm, not right now Brock, it's Jericho. And they're, they're that schmarmy heel we were talking about on the, on the main show. I think they need a a big, big, giant dude. That's the one thing I don't... Wardlow gives me hope, but he's more of a goon. I, they don't have that Hager. big... Mac, Jake Hager. More of a goon until they do something with him. They need that one guy that's just massive and jacked and huge, but can still go. And Brian Cage, is if he can get his back healthy, I would say, uh, that'd be the only thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. I would love to see that dude on TV every week. All right. Same. Uh, thank you, Esme. Love, love, thank much you. love for uh, for for Brian Cage for sure. Uh, Eric is next up with TLC right around the corner. What are your top five TLC matches? What are your least? Oh five Jesus! T- That's a bonus episode, Eric. Um, no, I think we <laughs> we'll can put that one out. on the list. No, I can knock this out. That's, that's let's not, see. That's Everyone not ever with the Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys, and uh, Edge and Christian done. Yeah, SummerSlam 2000, WrestleMania 17 are the top. I mean, you can't beat the originals. The best. Um. I mean, beyond that, uh, CM Punk, Jeff Hardy, John Cena, and Edge was really the good. Crazy ladder match we had. Well, we're talking about TLC matches. No, we're talking TLC specifically, and that's and they and the funny thing about TLC matches is specifically tables, ladders, chairs matches are typically pretty good. Like even I'm trying to think of the worst one of all time, and I'm assuming that the worst one is just one I've forgotten about. Um. I blah, 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 blah. I think what was it? Was it CM Punk and Ryback that was kind of a trash one? Oh, um, who was it? Was it? Damn, 
I'm trying to think of like some of the crap again. I'm trying. I'm spacing on the crappier ones. Like most of the ones I can think of were actually good. Like CM Punk Ryback was was a kind of meh. Um, Ms. Jerry Lawler, meh. Um, meh. But like most of the ones I think of are good. Yeah. You know. Um, I think of TLC matches. I think of the three three biggest tag teams maybe ever in WWE. Yeah. Uh, Team Hell No versus the Shield. Team Hell No and Ryback versus the Shield. That was a fun one. That was a good one. Yep. Um, yeah, most of the ones I think of are, are good. So, but I, I think I just rattled off five good ones and a couple of crap ones. So yeah. there you go. Boom. There no bonus go. episode required, Nick. Nice. Bam. But yeah, I Thanks, can't, Eric. but I oh. can't, that's, that's five good ones. And I can't think of any really crap ones. I like TLC, TLC matches are usually pretty damn good. It's my favorite stipulation. You say that about every stipulation. Well, well for right now, it's my favorite. Okay. All right. Every pay-per-view is my favorite pay-per-view as well. If you guys hadn't figured that out. It's my favorite match. Spoiler alert. It's my favorite match. Thank you, Eric, for the question. Next up, Dominic. Baron Corbin versus Brian versus Daniel Bryan. I love it. It's my favorite match. Next up, Dominic. Hey, guys, if you had to recreate a storyline from the past with the actual roster, which storyline would it be and who would you choose can be across all promotions? Oh. Oh. Do you have a favorite all-time storyline? Oh God, that's like picking amongst my children, right? Um, I th- we had a didn't we have this as a uh, patron question a, a week or two ago? Like, what was some of your favorite storylines? And I think like I had a bunch. I had like Macho and uh, Macho Man and Jake the Snake with the actual Cobra, uh, where Jake was tormenting him. And I had like Pentagon Junior. The first two seasons of Lucha Underground. Yeah. Um, Daniel Bryan's rise obviously was like all time classic. Um, CM Punk going into Chicago with John Cena was incredible. And if uh, you had to recreate one of those, who would you use on the roster today to kind of do it again? I'm just trying to, there was a, what was the storyline where someone threw Rock's intercontinental title in the river? What was that one? I'm spacing. Was it Stone Cold? Who threw, Stone Cold threw the Rock's title in the river. Wasn't that it? I think that was it, yeah. That was awesome. I'd have, to, I'd have to go dig. Let's ask the Google machine. <laughs> That's no fun. Who I'm trying to, threw? I'm trying the to rocks. train my brain to remember these things. Intercontinental Championship in the river. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hey, all right. <laughs> um, I, I see. I just wanted validation that I was right. That's really what that was more about. I, I, yeah. I knew that answer, but I just I wasn't 98. No, I wasn't 100 percent sure. Adam Cole and Jordan Miles recreating Triple H and Booker T from 2000. No, never mind. Forget it. I did not. No, I don't want that. No, no, no. No, no, no. Um, who would I have recreated? I don't know. I don't. Some of these I don't know if you could do on main roster right now. You know? Um, I mean, I kind of feel like they're, they're doing... Um, Orndorff and Hogan with Cody and MJF right now in AEW. Yeah. I feel like there's echoes of that. Um, Even Macho Man, because eventually you know they're going to come back around and join forces in some way. Right. It's inevitable. So you could even throw a Macho Man Hogan angle at Cody and MJF. It's funny because kind of Brandy in the middle somehow, you know? Yeah. I mean, kind of like where they say, you know, don't be so-and-so from the past, just be yourself now. You know, no one's ever going to be another Mick Foley. Don't try to make Mick Foley. Just 
be yourself, be abyss. Right. <laughs> um, like I don't really like it when stories get note for note recycled. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to think of storylines that I would like to see again. And it's more like I, I don't mind shades of former storylines coming back. I don't mind if there's echoes of it. But note for note, I wouldn't want them to recreate a storyline. Like, especially if it was a really good one. So are you, know, are you like sitting down done. right now? No. Josh, Lo- Josh Logan in the chat said, Invasion Angle with New Japan invading AEW. Except, again, I wouldn't want them to do the invasion the way that WWE did it. I'd want them to do it right. Um, and I'm trying to think if anyone's ever done an Invasion Angle right, where so-and-so invades their... NXT? Recently on first Survivor Series lead-ups? That was done really well. It was done... It was done better than I would have expected. Agreed. Um, no, I, but it was I honestly not, can't I wasn't think of like, any because I wasn't I, I mind blown re- on it. I but hate yeah, rehash storylines. No, Josh Logan completely, like, that would be insane. But New Japan would never do that to the level that you would need them to do it to make that just insanely effective. Yeah. You know what I mean? You might be able to pull it off, like, if, as Nick is ridiculously postulating, if AEW buys Impact... You could have Impact invade AEW in a similar way. But even then, I'd want to see them not go note for note with that. Just the basic premise of another company invading you know, a, a, a company and have that work, that, you know, have it done well. They're wanting more presence in the States. It's, it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. Um, here's, okay, here's one. Bullet Club... Uh, betraying the like the bullet club always kind of cuts its own head off right yeah. it's, it's always like the leader of bullet club is always getting executed by this is, is so jay white would be next somehow not even in bullet club i mean like in another faction oh, right okay. like someone someone within inner circle cuts off jericho's head right like they take out jericho and then they're the new head of inner circle like jericho like brings H- hager in, jake hager for well or or something like like what happened in bullet club where Let's say Jericho brings in Brian Cage as a big monster heel, and he comes along and he supplants Jericho as the head of Inner Circle. Okay, something like that. That's about as close as you're going to get from me to like remaking, rehashing storylines. Yeah, but I, I don't like rehash storylines. We t- we tend to see them rehash most often around love angles and shit like that. Oh god, cheating angles and stuff. And I that's Vince one loves of the reasons his tuck shit. I man. have a bad appetite for cheating and love angles and that's really the only ones we ever see get rehashed he loves cuck so. angles and wife cheating angles and <laughs> and feet anyway okay this is getting weird thank you dominic for the question we're going to move on before ian takes it darker uh next up billy most of us are aware of how the majority of moves are done and done safely but are there any moves you just don't understand how they're done for me that Shayna baszler arm stomp just mm. blows my mind how she can do that safely and make it look so painful. Uh, do you remember when Forgotten Sons were cool? Yeah, me neither. Hang yeah, on, Billy. That's, hey. that's it, yeah, Billy. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. Get him. Why don't you sneak in a little stuff like Get that? Get him. <laughs> so the question is, yeah. uh, what, are what there move? any moves you just don't understand how they're done? Anything that Ibushi does to his Safely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. There's some moves where I go, there's no way that's safe, and it's probably because it's not safe. Uh, right. Burning Hammer, for example. It's just not a safe move. Um, oh, what was the Kobashi move I saw him do the other day? And it was like he never did it on Masao or anybody else because it was just too unsafe. What the hell was he called? It looked like 
it was like a, a, a suplex burning hammer thing where she just dropped the guy on the side of his head. I'm like, that's not even a safe move. You're just basically hurting a guy. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll say uh, package power drivers and Mexican destroyers or Canadian destroyers. No, because I Sorry. see how they make those safe. I see how they make those safe. I, get I can it. see and how you, they're... You, you put your shoulders on somebody's thighs. And the and thighs are and, up and, and yeah, you tuck you your tuck head. head. And I, I get it, but people's heads are longer. And when I see it done to people that have no neck issues... Well, okay, um, there's one, Nick, you know? for you. What about the RVD DDT cell? Anytime someone sells like a 1916 or something like that where someone comes down on their neck on that angle and they just bounce off their neck. I've seen Neville do this where he's literally bounced off of his head like it's like his neck is a spring of like that's i understand it's because they do all the neck exercises their necks are insanely strong and so it's it would be like me dropping down and like popping back up into a, a standing position by doing a push-up like fine i get it it's i still see it and go how how are you bouncing off your neck how Again, Ibushi. I, most of them are not safe, as you pointed out. <laughs> the ones that we question how they do it are normally not safe. <laughs> if you want to know how to do the Shayna arm stomp, I'll show you how to do it. It's actually yeah, yeah. I, I, can, I wouldn't want to. You can lay your your elbow down and just bend your shoulder like that. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. But it looks. Great. Uh, thank you, Bill. It looks great. It Sh- looks nasty. <laughs> Josh Logan's still throwing out the 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 dimes here in chat. The Shibata headbutt. <laughs> Anytime Ishii headbutts anyone, I get I get. Cringy. Oh man! No, he's right. Shibata headbutt. How does he do that safely? Simple answer: uh, He doesn't. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, Billy. Next up, Marshall. Uh, with the end of the decade coming to a close, who would you make as your top five wrestlers of the 2010s? Any promotion, men and women. This is going to spoil my video I'm making for you guys. Oh. Uh, but I'll I'll rattle them off for the patrons. Um. Well, I'm doing ten. Uh, in the in the video that I'm working on, well, give us a taste. Uh, Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar. Yep. Um, Brock Lesnar's one of mine. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, another one. And CM Punk. Tanahashi Those, Okada also on my list, and AJ Styles. I'm doing mine around WWE, but I looking back on it now, I probably should include other promotions as well. But I, I'm centering it around WWE as I tend to do. But yeah. Uh, I, CM Punk. The problem with CM Punk is that he spans two decades, and yep. he was out. But in he was still he six was years, still, but huge for the first four years. Daniel Bryan, though, has been going the entire decade with the with the Stone, two. Stone Cold Steve two Austin was, was the biggest guy in the company, and he's only he was only there for four years. But if you have to, if I have to pick five, and Tanahashi and Okada are absolutely on my list, that's two down. I've got three to work with. Um, Brock Lesnar has been ubiquitous for this entire you know for the like latter half of the decade and i'd say he's yeah. been a huge fixture daniel bryan has to be in there because he's been going since the top of the decade and with the the and even at the time he was out uh he was still working on wwe tv um and he, and, and his presence cannot be understated and the things that he did when he was you know around wrestlemania 30 etc um well that's four uh aj styles headlined three different promotions in this decade yeah. three and uh, the biggest ones in the world he's was on the my top list and, and was the top guy in each of those promotions um and you know people that are met, just barely missing out cm punk roman reigns they're barely missing out on this list um but Even yeah it's just for the the uh the work rate you know, sure those guys just beat to hell 
Seth and constantly. Seth is Seth is below even that. Unfortunately. Seth made my list because of combination of work rate and just presence. He's been basically a staple of WWE for the last six years at least. But hasn't Roman Reigns been that, but just on a bigger scale? No, because because I'm giving Seth Rollins the time with the authority and the heel turn and the cash in and all that stuff. Uh, that that edges him out of over Roman, in my opinion. But Roman was doing stuff at that time too. Sh- stuff. You know, he wasn't the most talked about figure in wrestling for two years. No, he was the most talked about figure in wrestling for like six years straight. All right, we'll debate. Just this saying, we'll, at we'll some debate point. this another time <laughs> for another Ro- show. That's a long. Ro- that's a long. That's yeah. a long one right there. But yeah, no, yeah. I think if we're about to give our give our quick five, I think yeah. you just got it. Yeah, there you go. All right, thank you, Marshall. Uh, next thank up, Brian, son. to piggyback off the of champ, Marshall's champ. question. Yes, current champ, current champ. BWO current pickups champ. champion. To piggyback off Marshall's question, if you got to build a fantasy supercard of the top 10 wrestlers from the 80s and 90s, WWE and non-WWE combined, put them in matches against your top 10 wrestlers from the 2000s and 2010s, what matches would you love to see? Good Lord. That sounds like something to do in the video game. If possible, have at least two tag matches and two women's matches. Uh, So I will come back to that. Second question for Ian. Really love hearing your oh, takes okay. on horror films. Oh, Would thanks, it be possible man. to maybe get a Horror Palooza year-end episode to discuss your favorite horror films of the past decade? Ooh. Bonus episode for Horror Palooza. We could easily put that up, man. Oh, I mean, could you do a top 10 of the 2010s? Oh of yeah. Horror movies? Oh my god. I, you I could probably to... rattle those off right now. You play them every week in the bar. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> I I actually could probably rattle off a bunch, but I won't because I don't want to spoil the episode. But um, there you go. yeah, the 2010s have been real good for horror, actually. Yeah. So I I guess it's just a matter of if I've got the time to put it together. Um, I'm working on our T-shirt designs this weekend, and I've got to. I mean, could I? I suppose I could put that together. Yeah, I might have a little time. Uh, Wednesday before having to do the Saturday show for us. Yeah, maybe I could put that together. It might might be doable. Might be fun. Yeah. Little top uh, ten. Or, uh, do you think? Do idea. you think we can do this justice? This question um, in the time that we the fifteen minutes over time that we already are. Um, I, I feel like this is one that goes on the list for a bonus episode because I love this question. This is right up my alley. This is the kind of shit. Yeah, I this love is doing. Nick Booking. Hashtag Nick this Booking right, right here. Oh my God! Rick NWA Ric Flair versus uh, Brock Lesnar—just stupid shit, right? <laughs> and somehow Flair wins. Sounds terrible. Know. That sounds oh, terrible. All right, fine, whatever. Um, uh, that I love doing this stuff. I would love to spend some time on this. Though. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to yeah. make this, um, Brian? We're gonna put this, this one on the this, list. Do you want to make this January or February or something? Uh, January. I'm hoping to get my part two fantasy booking in. Oh so. no! All right. Got to get it in before the rumble because that's that's where things go batshit crazy. If you think the first half was bad, oh. Oh, oh lord. I got news for you, son. <laughs> uh, oh, you my, guys, my liver are, you guys aren't ready. ready. All right. You guys okay. aren't ready. Well, yes. Champ, champ, if you don't mind, this does sound like a really fun like we'll yeah. even put some more crazy stuff on top like we'll 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 throw some some dressing on top of this salad right here and make a really fun uh, bonus episode for the patrons who uh, who pay for the bonus episodes. Yes. And uh, by the way, if you do uh, listen to bonus, if you are a patron, you're the $10 tier, you can hear our bonus episode. Our last one was top five 
uh, face turns, top five heel turns of all time. That was a fun one, Nick. Yes, it was. We, uh, you, you, we, we kept screwing each other up with our picks. <laughs> a lot of fun. But it's but, always fun to hear us pick the same stuff in different spots and have different perspectives on it. Son of a that's bitch! A, yeah. I still can't believe it. Uh, Josh says we'll all need us to send Sir Ian a bottle for Christmas to get him through Nick booking. <laughs> you ain't lying. You ain't lying. Oh, dude, you should see. You guys, you don't know where I've been. I, you don't know what's coming. <laughs> I, I do, and you should see what my reps got me for, uh, for Christmas this year. My, my fridge has some crazy shit in it right now. So, <laughs> Marshall said you're going to need a little bit of the bubbly. Oh, I've got a <laughs> He's going to need more than that, Marshall. <laughs> I've got a little bit of the bubbly on the way, actually. You did buy a bottle? Uh, you uh, see, I went and looked and I was like, I'm not going to give $46 for a bottle of Jericho's piss. You know, I'm, if, I'm not going to I'm not going to give $45 for a $10 bottle of not give Jericho money, it should be me. Yeah. But yet, I mean, come on. I here we, we do a, we do a wrestling podcast. I got to have some meme material hanging out around here, so Anyway, thank you very much, Brian. Promise we will get that one in a bonus episode very soon. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say February. We'll okay. make that the February bonus episode. I'll Ian, mark, if you wouldn't mind I making that a note uh, so we can down. come back to that. Marking it down now. Uh, Lionel, last up to tie us up, tie off the end here. Uh, top three best wrestlers of all time. I'll start by saying number one, Stone Cold. Number two, Undertaker. And number three, I'm supposed to say Ric Flair, but as I was born in 92, I never saw his peak. Mm. Rick is such an icon that it can be hard to appreciate his good because it's been copied and remixed so much. So I'll probably say Kurt Angle. Amazing in the ring, great on the mic as both a heel and a face which means a lot to me, could do brawls, could do technical mat wrestling, could do high-flying stuff, could be an underdog, could be a giant, could do comedy, could be a titan. Kurt can do everything. I only realized I hated him so much as a kid because he was that damn so good. good as a heel. Your turn. So top three wrestlers of Wait, all so, time. So uh, we got to do the uh, – we used to do four. We used to do our well, Mount Lino, Rushmore. We did do our Mount Rushmore. Um and I heard the Going In Raw guys recently doing their Mount Rushmore of the 2010s, and we kind of just did ours, or we, yeah, we kind of did our, off our, our best did. ones. Um, I, I didn't want to take that angle because several people are already doing that. So um, top three all time. I mean, yeah, you kind of did my top three for me. It's, it's don't, I would I would swap out Undertaker for Rock. That would be the only for me personally. Yeah, we as one thing we learned on the last bonus episode was that Nick loves himself some Rock. Yep. Loves himself. I would, some I would rock. do Stone Cold. I would do the Rock, Stone Cold, uh, Ric Flair in that order. Oh, geez. See this. This was. See, remember when we did our when we did our our. Um, our Mount Rushmore, it was so insanely hard for me. It was. Because I was like, well, are we talking like historical? Are we talking personal? Are we talking combination of best, personal? And, not favorite, best. He says the best wrestlers Top of all time. Top three best wrestlers of all time. Are we talking like just skill in the ring though? Like this is my problem with doing. Yeah, it's very subjective. That's why I, I so always subjective. just lean towards my personal favorites. So I'm I'm not I don't want to debate anybody on whether or not The Rock was the best wrestler ever because he wasn't. I'll admit that, but you know what? Every time he came out, I had a blast. And Marshall just said in the chat he's timeless. He could work in any era and that's that's true. 
See, that's all, that's why I think Flair is on my list because he did go through so many different eras. Uh, you know, same thing so, with Flair. So many different eras, including we all the got, Evolution era. Somehow we only got Stone Cold for four magical years, but I feel the same way about him. I could see him coming. But I, he's out not trun- on my list. Trunks and drinking beer in the eighties giving people the finger and it would have gone over like gangbusters i don't think it would have i think it would have been it would have been too edgy he would have been a heel in that era nah. um and not, i don't think that would have been over around, that nah, he wouldn't well, have been over it. the way he was he wouldn't have been over the way he was in the 90s that was a that yeah. was for like for when he came out that was that was just him there um yeah. but like i flair uh could he have driven a beer truck into the nwa studio no i i grant you that <laughs> Flair, Taker. And either Mitsuhara Misawa or Tanahashi. I don't know where to rank him, but Hogan's on this list somewhere. <laughs> he's he's somewhere down there with the other racists. Let's let's I'm let's, I, let's I, ignore I, that for a second. I'm of course how joking. big of a figure and you know the the work rate that he put in and the presence that he had outside of the sure. ring. But again, we're, th- then you're yeah. talking about sports entertainers or wrestlers here, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like, are we yeah. talking about just the business as a whole? Um, and if so, then I just I just gave you my three. Yeah, you know, Flair, Undertaker, and damn it, I really do enjoy Tanahashi more than Misawa, but Misawa really was, I think, better technically. Um, so yeah, there you go. I just I can't get past high fly flow being basically a twisted bliss and just. But it's know. not a twisted bliss. It's a frog splash. Yeah. But that's a. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's why. That's why I said I gotta go with. I gotta kind of go with Masawa because Tanahashi is a bit more of a sports entertainer, whereas Masawa yeah. is just a straight up goddamn wrestler. Yeah. So. Yeah. Kenny, there you Kenny's go. on that list somewhere right after this. Kenny Omega. Yeah. The match, the the run that he had in New Japan was awesome. He is way the hell down there. All right. He is way the hell down there. He's he's underneath Okada, and Okada's down on my list because it, he they're still so new. We're talking about the best of all time, Mount Rushmore, at, at, like kind of stuff. Nah, you know, come on, man. We're looking at longevity of careers here as well. You're so easy to. T- <laughs> Can I you? knew you would react over Okada. Come that's on, why. that's why I said that. Okay. <laughs> Well, guys, that is our episode. Thank you very much, Lionel, for your question. I'm sorry I, I didn't get to say that, but that's our patron mailbag, episode number 10. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for hanging out in the chat. You made it that much more interesting. We always love the side commentary and perspective coming out from you guys as well. Yes. If you guys missed out on that, make sure you're live and head over to youtube.com slash open. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and jingle that little bell so you get notified whenever we put up new content or go live. That way you don't miss out on any of these episodes where we stream live on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern and Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern right here at youtube.com slash open. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. Make sure you're in the Facebook discussion group by heading over to Facebook, searching for Busted Wide Open, liking our page, and joining the Facebook BWO discussion group uh, where you can get access to links to our Discord community. Uh, we need your votes right now for our December bonus episode, so make sure you're doing that as well. But you can only find that in the uh, Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. And last but certainly not least, the reason this show exists at all is because of our patrons. Mm. Thank you guys so much for your contributions to the show thank every you, thank single you, thank month. You. 
Thank you. And yeah, just you know, if you want to get in on that and be, have the ability to get access to the show notes for every episode, the ability to ask listener questions for this very show, as uh, and then much, much more, such as sweet swag, the ability to do Skype calls with me and Sir Ian Dangerous every month, yeah. all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.